0: This is Unpacking Design. I'm your host Michael Valley, and I'm Tim Ung. Every week, we talk about the tools and tech that inspires our lives as designers. Hey, what's up,
1: everybody? Welcome back to Unpacking Design, Tim. This week, I have been uh, dealing with something that I'm actually going to be talking about in my uh, newsletter. Uh, it's coming up for Evolving Architect, and I just thought we'd talk about it on the show today because. It's very timely for me. It happens about three, four times a year, and um, just naturally based on how schedules are with with work and things like that. But I am currently experiencing um, work crunch, um, and I'm currently experiencing uh, let's just say deadlines that happen to now either overlap each other or um, projects that are going on in in the office that, you know, there it's not like the uh, um, it's not like the work has not been there that I didn't know that the deadlines were coming. It's that, you know, I know you know this from just working in an office, there are things over the course of a month or a couple of weeks or even a couple of days that you have to address as a project manager and and as a design team, and then you get behind here, you get behind there. And sometimes this crunch just kind of happens where you're pressing up against a deadline, you need to meet the deadline. And uh, at least in my case, I've had to go to more than normal um, working hours, let's call it, to uh, fulfill the needs of that project deadline and I guess I just kind of want to open it up overall to a discussion about I'm actually just curious too of like whether you experience crunch in the same way that I do or if you you know you're a very efficient guy so I don't know if you (laughs) even experience crunch at all Um, so I'm curious to know sort of you know I don't and I want to make this clear I don't think this discussion is about procrastination and then leading to crunch I think that my focus for the discussion today is more about the natural occurrence of crunch because of these, you know, we, we work on building projects. We work on large architecture design projects um, that require a whole bunch of moving parts. And ultimately all these things have to come together so that you create the design set um, for the project. And I personally feel like this happens, you know, I'd say once a quarter for me where I can't avoid it even as hard as I try to be very efficient and space all these projects out that I have going on. um, It just tends to happen. So I wanted to kind of get your, I guess first sentiments on crunch and kind of your experience with it.
0: Well, I I think it's a good topic um, because I I think everybody eventually experiences it in some way. I experience it in, very interesting ways, because I like to be as efficient as I could. And the times that I have experienced it in my career were in school when it it was both in school and in the professional practice of architecture, like at a firm, because one of the things that I realized is that a lot of it is driven by the person who is managing your project, whether it was your professor or your teaching assistant in school, or if it was your project manager or partner at the office, right? It's like, if you're with someone who is either always making changes or feels like they should always be working up until the last minute, making design changes or modifications to a design, yep. you're inevitably going to feel a time crunch because they're putting that on you. They're the one creating a time crunch on you. So an example of that is I used to work a lot on proposals at my office and I, I no longer work on them, but. When I was working on proposals, they are typically done in such a short amount of time, and the ways that we were developing them were very high level. We were getting, we were putting together proposal booklets that we would have professionally printed and bound, and then we would send it out to the client or the potential project. So when we did that, it would take a lot of time and effort, but as we were doing it, the team that was putting it together, there were people doing the writing, there were some people doing the imagery, there were some people doing graphics, and some people doing covers. And I remember having to put these things together, and um, when I was doing that, there were always changes. There, oh, there was nonstop changes. It was, can you move this to the left just a little bit? Can, oh no, can you move it back? Can you move it back to the left? Oh no, can you move it back to the right? Oh, can you move it up, can you move it down? And it was just constantly like the smallest things that, that were, to me, as a designer it didn't make sense right so it was things that were driven by someone else's ocd or someone else's eye or someone else who was just looking to like try and reach perfection and they kept on working towards it through me and that's where i started to feel the time crunch and at some point i had to say look these are the five options pick one Mm -hmm. and yes it sucks to do that to somebody who wants to keep changing it but at some point it just didn't jive with my personality and my work style. So I no longer do proposals because it was just, it was hard for my personality to work with the person who I was working with because that person liked rushing and, and working to the nth hour. So like this, this probably will make a lot of people who are like me cringe. The person or people who do this often will have like a, a deadline approaching and they know it's like, you know, let's say it's May 10th at, 12 p.m. right mm-hmm. at noon and you had to have it delivered by that time these kinds of people who are all about working to the, to the last hour because they feel like they can get the most out of it they'll work up until about 11 30 p.m. and then start printing and not only do you feel the time crunch at that point you start to feel like oh my god I am not going to meet so then the anxiety builds you start to you know like you, you experience so many different emotions and I don't like that because I like being prepared and ahead of time. So yeah. usually, I, you, you know me pretty well. I'm like, I, I like to have this, this moment where I'm like, pencils down. And when I say pencils down, my pencil goes down on my project. That's it. We're not going to push ourselves and kill ourselves because we did what we were trying to do. We got everything we wanted across. And if we did it the way that we should have in the beginning and we planned well enough, we should have something great by the end. And if it wasn't planned and you were just kind of hodgepodge stuff, you're never going to have something good. It's like trying to cook a dinner and you didn't plan it ahead of time. Right. So anyway, so there's that. And the other side is working on projects. I've worked on projects with like when I first started off, I was working with project managers who didn't know how to, um, and, and I think this is a bigger thing for creative professionals in general, but I worked with project managers who were not good at talking to clients. They weren't good at Mm -hmm. conveying things well enough. And what would happen is the client would ask for something that might have not worked, or they might push for something that would take a long time. And then when they asked, how long do you think it'll take? The project manager was so far removed from actually doing the the grit work and the grunt work that they didn't actually know how long it takes people to put something. And then they threw a number out there and said, yeah, we can get that to you by next week. We can design this entire facility. That's a million square feet in a week. And we can turn it over to you. And then you're like, when it comes down to you, you're like, I got to do this, you know? And then they're like, yeah, we already, we already told the client this. We already agreed to it. So we have to do it now. And at that point, it's kind of like, aren't we shooting ourselves in the foot? Because the client is expecting 40 hours of work. This is going to take 4,000 hours of work. There's a big discrepancy here. So, um, I say that and yet there are also project managers and partners that I work with now, now that i found the team that I'm in that typically will not make me feel the time crunch and they will not feel it because they planned ahead so well that they typically will get things done ahead of time or they'll get things done in such a way where everything was clear from the very beginning. Communication was clear, what the, the deadlines were or where it was made very clear. And as we work towards it, we touch base every week and we like make sure that we're getting there. It's not something where it's like like you become a – in our profession, they call it like the cad monkey. Like, you're just the person that, that like, right. your boss will stand behind your back and point at your screen and say, no, this goes here. No, that goes there. No, this goes here. And then you feel them breathing down your show. You know? It's like I, I don't have a team that's like that. Like, my team is very much like, hey, let's lay it all out on day one and let's touch base every week and when we do that it's very it's a lot better and i think now that i'm in a position where like i lead some some of our projects now it's it's different because i know what it's like to be in that situation so i don't do that to people who work for me and with me so
1: yeah i mean i, I agree with all the things you're saying i think that the and the what you ended on with the empathy factor i think is something that's unique to you and not to everyone so like I, I found that regardless of whether or not somebody came up one way or another if that person doesn't have empathy for other people then it doesn't matter if they've done that that way before and remember how it happened they will still say oh yeah we'll just do it it's like a thing you know we'll just we'll just make it happen in like two days and it's it's like a month-long process um the one thing that i think about when i think about crunch is this goes back to the pencils down factor is, you know, we work with a whole bunch of consultants where we're not the only designer on the team. We have, you know, engineers that help us design mechanical systems and plumbing systems and things like that. We bring all these documents together at the end to give to the owner, to give to a construction manager, to give to somebody else, basically. And the pencils down moment has to be like, A week or two before that because then I have to give those documents that are like the design documents to somebody else to say hey this is where we left off with the floor plan or with the section or with whatever and here's some time for you guys to go do whatever you need to do so that we're not um, having all these mismatched drawings so um, the stuff that I think is interesting at least for me in the current situation I have is you know, I have multiple clients that I work with, and they all have very um, one particular ways of working with me, and they also have very particular projects that have their own particular deadlines. And when you start to overlap all of those different factors, sometimes it's that person A or client A, you know, might not even be aware of client B, right? So I'm also sort of finding that when I have Certain things to um, deal with with a project. It's not even just the crunch of one project, it's the crunch of one project because of potentially another project or another client request in, in entirely. And one of the things that I've been dealing with in the last couple of years is being a project manager that works with clients that are completely separate from one another. Um, and I'm managing multiple almost like systems of things, not just like one project and then one project. It's more like um, this system has to overlap with this other system so that uh, at the end of the day, they all sort of line up and not only are we producing something that's on time, on schedule, on budget, but that it's actually a design worthwhile that, you know, I, I care about that. I think that is going to help the client and all that stuff. So I think it becomes a very complex issue very quickly and that's why I have, at some point in my career, just sort of acclimated myself to the point that crunch is inevitably going to happen. Like, I'm just going to have to sort of hunker down a little bit. Not all the time. I've, I've gotten way better than I used to be. I remember there was one time uh, fairly early on in my career where um, <laughs> I had to make a physical model for a proposal that we were doing. And I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but there was a... Um, a project in downtown Buffalo where we were teaming with a developer and one of the requirements was a a physical model, like scale quarter scale model that would fit into this larger um, model that had already been built by the, uh, the owner Um, and that you could like, it would light up, it would do all these things. And at the end of the day, I was the only person working on this model and it got to the point where we were approaching the deadline. Some of the issues that I was having with the model were based on factors out of my control, but I didn't care anyway because it was on me to make this model. Like if we didn't have this physical model, we would have automatically been disqualified from like potentially winning the job, which ultimately side note, we didn't end up getting the job anyway, but I don't Mm -hmm. think it was because of the model. And I just remember having this moment. It was like right before Labor Day weekend. I distinctly remember this being a thing. It was before Labor Day weekend and it was like Wednesday or Thursday. And I was like, this model is like halfway done. And I still have like probably 40 hours worth of work in this model. And us do like, let's call it Tuesday. And Labor Day was like Monday. I, I don't remember, but I remember it was over the weekend. And uh, I just remember having to make this decision almost for myself, even though, you know, I'm I'm like, a couple of years removed out of school. I'm just kind of like, this is on me and this is my responsibility. I need to do this. And I just said to myself, okay, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to be here at, you know, however long I need to be here to make this thing happen. And it just happened like literally Tim within like within an hour of what the delivery was required. Like everything came together and we drove it over to the site and it was like handed off. And you know, it was a fancy model. It, it had like all these laser cut pieces and it was, you know, it lit up and it did all these things. But I just remember that crunch being on the one hand, very satisfying because I felt like I proved something to myself. Um, And that was not something that was necessarily in my control in terms of the deadline. But I try to make sure that I don't have those moments where I'm, you know, if I can avoid them, I'm trying to plan out, Overall schedules as best I can, um, so that I don't have to experience it. My team, ultimately that I work with, doesn't have to experience that crunch. But I really do feel like to be a designer that you know is creating something worthwhile, like some of that passion, some of that like energy has to be there. And in some cases, the crunch is just like part of that. I'm not advocating for crunch all the time. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that there is some kind of, um, I don't know, like all the, all the things that I've, that I've seen in some of the, I don't want to say all the things, but a lot of the things I've seen in projects um, that come together, while there may be a few you know, minor things that we didn't get right here or there, a lot of that energy that the team sort of brings together in those final moments before something is due almost pushes the project farther quicker because they have to, like you have to put pencils down at some point. And there's this moment where, you know, maybe we were sort of less lackadaisical about this thing or that thing. And at some point you guys, you kind of put your hands up in the air and say, uh, guys, we need to figure this thing out. Otherwise this just isn't figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. i I've, I feel like maybe at this point I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I do feel like there is a, a positive version of the crunch that sort of results or yields something that is interesting or more dynamic than you would have gotten if you didn't, you know, if you were just kind of like, okay, I'm here, I'm in my, I'm punching in, I'm punching out, I'm doing something. um, That energy does create something positive, but also if there's too much of it, if there's too much crunch, I feel like ultimately you just become sort of one bogged down by the fact that you're in crunch and two that you're um you're just like constantly feel on edge i feel like i'm getting to that point where like if i go another two or three weeks of crunch i'll probably burn out a little bit and i'm trying to we're talking about this in an uh, a design life where i'm trying to balance a little bit with like fitness and just you know we're still in the pandemic times and trying to at least offset that crunch with things that are mentally and physically healthy. But yeah, it's a it's a struggle. I don't I don't know if I can avoid crunch altogether, but I am doing my best. <laughs>
0: so yeah, and you know the, the other thing I was going to mention about this whole time crunch thing in relation to what you talked about, there were two points. One was this idea of systemization. So when you can become become more systematic about how you're approaching your work and how you're doing your work. If there are systems in place that really guide the team along and it's like, it's very clear to everybody what's expected for certain phases of a project or how much time it should take you to do something and things are laid out in a very organized way. I think it starts to eliminate a lot of the guesswork that comes into what is acceptable to be submitted or what is acceptable as a deadline thing for your group. And a lot of it comes down to having systems in place that will guide people, whether or not they like it, it doesn't really matter. I think if, if there were systems in place that said, "Hey, you have to finish everything and put pencils down a day before it's due," yeah. then people would have to adhere to it. And if people don't adhere to it, then it, it, it really then you have to be able to question those people, you know And I guess they, so the, the other thing that you were talking about is this idea of... Time and just working to the nth hour, and that bringing together this this creative energy. I totally agree with you. Like I feel the same way when I'm crunching to get something designed and shared with the world. But at the same time, a part of me sees that and thinks about it in a professional setting, which is what we're talking about here. And when I think about it in a professional setting, where where there's an exchange of money and and monetary service for for your service that you're providing. I see that and I start to wonder, are we actually doing a disservice to ourselves as a creative profession, no matter what profession you're in? Because when you talk about this time crunch idea, let's say you were doing that because a client put that constraint on you and your team. Well, now that you're doing this time crunch thing, you are now putting so much high level work into something in such a short period of time. Shouldn't you build more for that work? And a lot of designers don't. And the other thing is a lot of people feel the the time crunch aspect when they're putting together a proposal for a project, which means you're putting together a lot of high-level things in a short period of time for free. And that's one of the downfalls of of being in a creative practice right now, that when people submit RFPs for you to give your proposal to them so that they can select one winner, they get proposals from lots of different firms and these proposals are high level things some of them even ask you for your design ideas right off the the jump and and when you have that there are moments that i've seen recently with public clients where public clients will source all of that crowd gathered information from the rfp's select the lowest bid and then they'll take all of that information that everyone developed in this time crunch of passion and and all this idea creation they'll take that that work from another firm and give it to the lowest bidder and say, hey, we, we like your, your dollar signs, but we want you to provide this for us. And I've seen that happen on two proposals so far with public work, which comes to show that as a profession, yes, the time crunch, I, I think, is a good thing for an ideation lab or for an ideation group. But when it comes to a group of professionals who are vying for something or who are being constrained because someone else wants to save money, and but they want, them, they want more work out of you, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by putting ourselves in that position in the first place. So when it comes down to it for me, I think time crunches are great as a group. When you're doing it as a group uh, to achieve a common goal or to come up with an idea and to, to push yourself but when you're doing that and you're giving that away for free, I think is where you have to draw the line. If you are if you put yourself in a position where you fell behind a deadline that you agreed to, then I think it's on you to to yep. have known that that was coming. But if that was put on you by a client who made a last minute change, then I think it's on them to pay you money or extend the deadline. And I, I think we have to be more vocal about it as a profession too, so that when you think about time crunch, it doesn't become something that's like that makes you wonder, why am I putting so much time and effort and the best creative energy that I have today and tomorrow and for the rest of this week into developing something for half the, the billable rate that I should be getting for it, right? So right. It's, it brings up this question of why are you even in the time crunch and what is it for? If you're someone who always wants to put your best foot forward and you want to work up to the last hour, yep. then you should do it, but you should know that you should be doing it by yourself or with the people who want to do it with you. Because right. I see at so many firms that the people who enjoy working to that last minute deadline are the ones who end up having people that don't want to work with them because they put people in a position where they don't want to be there doing that. Or they, they, put, they impose their own beliefs of what design is onto other people. And I think when you have a tyrant like that, it, it makes it more difficult to actually achieve something together, it makes it more difficult to work towards a common goal. But if you had an ideation group where that was something that everyone came to the table knowing that's what they signed up for and they were excited about it, I think that's a totally different atmosphere, and that's the one that you're talking about
1: yeah, and I, I think uh, going back to one of my original points too, it's like there's this balance that i I work through um, is like let's say there's a reasonable request by client A and client B again has nothing to do with, they're not contractually like connected at all to us. Like they're individually, they're connected to us, but cause, like client B has nothing to do with client A. And one of the things that uh, I think we juggle as a as an office, um, especially a fairly younger office is okay, well this schedule change is fairly reasonable by client A and client B still has this other deadline. Um one of the things that i I sort of try to work through with my team is you know I have a couple younger staff on my team that i 'm training all the time and trying to mentor through and you know I think about how if I had four or five me you know like clones of Mike LaValle, like able to do <laughs> do these projects i'd probably be fine um but at the same time it it also becomes a uh Taking a look at all of the almost like um, assessing what your resources are in the moment to kind of figure out like if you can uh, adjust to a schedule change or a design change or things like that like sometimes changes will come about and you just won't have the correct staff allotted or available to do something right away, so then it becomes something where you're waiting until the point where those people free up and then. You know, that might have pushed something else. And I guess what I'm getting at is that sometimes the thing that I struggle with is more um, crunch created from not having um, as an overall office the available um, bodies to put on a project or staff to put on a project. But let's let's take an example. Um, you and I both know this, that code reviews are – very particular and finicky, and if you get them wrong, it can affect a lot of your design work. It, like it has a cascading effect, right um, after that. So I wouldn't put a code review on entirely on the back of somebody who just started, you know. And it has to be somebody who, while they while they could be trained to do that, um, understanding the building code and understanding the the reasons why you separate a building here because of fire precautions and things like that shouldn't really be on that person's shoulders. So some of the the reasons why I think crunch happens naturally in an office setting is because if you if you have these things that require certain types of people and certain types of staff to do them and you are trying to position your staff one to grow but also to be doing the thing that they're capable of doing it becomes this game of like okay Uh, Susie, are you available to do this? And do you have the ability to do this? Jimmy, do you have, you know, like, (laughs) do you want to do this? Can you you do this? And I find that sometimes the crunch happens because you're trying to almost juggle personalities and skills too, where Mm -hmm. it's not like, I can't just put like five quote unquote architects on a job and just say, okay, yes, you know, without any more knowledge of who those people are, okay, just go do this job. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I find that the crunch happens naturally just because there are multiple clients, multiple factors, and multiple people that, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if I only have somebody who is able to do a certain kind of task, but this other deadline needs to get done – um, sometimes we're actually bringing on like other teams in the office to to help, and then you're trying to get those people up to speed, and then it it just becomes this sort of uh, uh, let's say tenuous dynamic that you're trying to work through. And it's not that we're providing any less, um, let's say, quality to our clients. I think it's just a matter of internally it's a struggle that I would imagine a lot of firms juggle with, where you have the certain a lot of staff. You know, you have certain employees that you have, you have certain personalities and you have certain interests. Like I, some people in our office are more interested in, like you said, the person that is, I wouldn't necessarily call all of them tyrannical, but uh, the people who are interested in, you know, going to that nth degree are a certain type of breed of person in our office. And then there's the people who, you know, punch in, punch out. And then you need both in order to have a dynamic, you know, well-dynamic, office but um you know sometimes the sometimes the crunch happens whether i want it to happen or not no matter how well i schedule something or don't schedule something based on factors that seem to be way more complex than i'm even able to describe here
0: (laughs) yeah and and you know the the whole idea of the tyrant is more a person who pushes other people to do something because they want something to be done even though it already looks good. Like if, when something is already there, right. And, and it's, it's the last hour of something for someone to then pull people in and say, you have to do this, right. you know, like, I, I think, I think that's more of the, the tyranny that I think has to stop. And the, and actually I, that, that could be akin to abuse to like go up to someone and force them to do something over and over and over and over again. And like, that's, it like causes a mental stress on them. But the other thing is, you know, Hearing myself talking about this makes me sound like, oh, I just want to be that person who just sits back and doesn't want to do anything. And that's actually the total opposite. Like, I really love design and I love to push myself and push designs too, but I like to do it in a controlled way. I like to do it in a way where I see the end in sight and I know what I'm working towards and I can get there. So, when I think about this idea of a time crunch, the moment that I typically will start to feel it is in construction, because when rubber meets the road and you're out there and it's being built and a question comes up, every question just seems to be a question that has to be answered now. Every contractor question has to be answered now in their mind, right? It's like, hey, why is not this designed this way? And they start asking these questions and then they expect you to answer it in front of them. And at those moments, when everything becomes a fire that you have to put out, then I typically find myself now reciprocating with a question first to figure out why is this, you know, why did this question even come up and what is it about this thing that makes you feel that it needs to be answered right now? And what you find from doing that is that it wasn't really a question. It was more of the contractor wanting to suggest to do it a different way because it was cheaper or wanting to suggest to do it a different way because they've done it a different way all the time. Yeah. And when you start to understand and clarify things, you realize that it wasn't really a fire. It was more of a clarification that they needed. And I think that's what a lot of the time crunch comes down to, that there isn't a lot of clarity. And when there's not a lot of clarity, you end up in the time crunch. So for the whole team dynamic, that's a totally different monster, right? Like you, you couldn't have controlled who was available to help you with your project. Yeah. And you can't control being on three different projects at the same time. But there is someone who could have controlled that for you. And if someone's not there to control that for you, then there's something that's being missed. And if someone doesn't see that there's people who are incapable of doing something because they haven't learned it yet or they're, they're not willing to do it and they don't know that person's personality and they can't orchestrate the right team, then perhaps as a person leading that group, they are doing themselves a disservice by either keeping those people around or not putting in the effort to finding the right groups for those people to work with it. Right. So like if you owned a company, Mike, and you knew that there was person A, B and C, and one of those people could only work with one other person, but one of those people could work with all three of them. And you start to figure out the dynamic of who can work with who and when. And you start to put those teams together so that they can work the best that they could. And then you start to orchestrate the time. Well, how much time do we need to allot? And if you start to run out of people for the amount of projects you have, that's a great problem to be in. But shouldn't you hire someone else? You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's either that or you're going to expect that you as a project manager, Mike, or you're going to spend twice the amount of time now and spend your weekend doing this work. And let's say you are a salaried person and you're not making a lot of money doing it. Uh, now you're expected to put your own time into this effort and then you're dragging down your profession by not getting paid for the work you're putting in. So you end up in this weird hamster wheel where like, the time crunch leads to all these other negative cycles you know I think when, when, I, when I think about the positive moments of being in a time crunch for me they've only been during the ideation phase of a project that was more about being a theoretical project something that didn't have anything to do with what a client was expecting from us you know because then you get to think freely and just kind of like be positive about it instead of working towards something with no outcome so
1: yeah I am um... I, I agree. I think that the the interesting thing that I've been sort of working with on just as a project manager or seeing other project managers deal with this is, um, you know, like I'm not a very, um, and you know this, I'm not a very hot headed guy. Like I will, I will tend to, you know, sort of work through problems. And I, I don't know if you've even ever seen me angry. <laughs> but 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 basically, uh, when stuff, let's say um, I'm not the person who misses a deadline, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. say it's somebody on my team or somebody on else, somebody else's team that com- just completely misses a deadline, right? And you approach somebody about it and their response is, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I didn't get to it because of X, Y, Z, whatever. Valid. Their reason might be completely valid, right? Because of something else came up or whatever. and. You go back and you say, uh, okay, well, but we still had this deadline. Like we like this is not just about you as the individual now. This is about us as the overall team and then ultimately the team and the overall composition of the firm and then the firm's sort of reputation in the eyes of the client and or the bigger world, whatever. Um, and not to over-dramatize that, but I feel like some sometimes the – the deadlines that are set for um, a project are depending on who you're working with, depending on what kind of personality those people have. um, I'm not saying architecture should be like the end all be all of your life. It's not what I mean at all, but there is a pride that some people take in being able to meet those expectations. And then there's a, 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 type of person that doesn't really, you know, as long as they get paid every week, it doesn't matter Um, whether they mess up or don't put something in on time or do or what, you know, like at at the end of the day, as long as that paycheck happens, it doesn't matter. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I've seen, um, I'm not, I'm not referring to anybody necessarily on my team right now, but just in my own experience over the 12 years that I've worked, I've seen a lot of different people in a lot of different scenarios, just sort of like, brush stuff off and Mm -hmm. personally I can't do that because I think at the end of the day I have a whether it's good or bad or right or wrong I have a very strong connection to the projects that I work on and I take great pride in the stuff that I end up working on Mm -hmm. so I maybe put a little bit more onus on you know at least the work that I'm responsible for Mm -hmm. So it becomes a, it becomes a very odd conversation later, especially when, you know, you know, at the end of the day, my name's not on the door right now and Mm -hmm. I (laughs) work within a system that is fine and it's, you know, it is, it basically is what it is. Um, But the only thing that I can really do is to make sure that everybody is communicating on the same page. And then, you know, if that situation happens every now and then it's like, well, how do we, sometimes it feels like I'm, I'm solving that problem of like certain things won't happen the way they were supposed to happen. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, now the crunch happens because that thing didn't happen. Not because Mm -hmm. we didn't see the deadline coming from a mile away. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's more localized events that happen that cause the crunch um, to actually start, versus um, us being completely negligent or something like that and mm-hmm. not seeing the deadline from three months ago. Um, right. So,
0: yeah. Well, there's right. that. And, and there was also, that I wanted to ask you too, because this is 100% related to Time Crunch, do you ever feel like you end up doing the work yourself because it would take you longer to explain something or to try and get it from someone else on your team?
1: uh say that again
0: do you you ever feel like you end up doing the work yourself like let's say you were you were going to have to draft something for a project and you you knew that it was going to be faster to just do it yourself than to have to explain that to someone else or to um have someone on your team who you know let's say there is someone who isn't always on top of their work instead of having them or going to them to do it after you've experienced it once, just saying to yourself, you know what, maybe I don't need that person on a team. I'll do it myself for now until I find something else to do it. And then that puts you in a time crunch.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've tried to get, that's the one thing I've tried to do over time uh, less of. So like I definitely, I am, you know, generally of the opinion that there are certain things that I do well and because I do them well, I can just do them quicker, which is probably accurate in a lot of instances. There are also things that I don't do well, and I know to hand those types of things off to people who do do them well or who have more skill in those areas. Um, But I used to, especially early on in my career, I would try to take on as much as I could because I felt like I could do it better than person XYZ, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've tried to, as I get older or wiser or more experienced or whatever you want to call it, I try to take a little bit more of the onus off of myself because I think that's one of the reasons why I got burnt out a couple of years ago in the first place is that I was putting too much pressure on what I was doing versus what other people, you know, that were basically equally responsible for, you know, the work, um, what, what they were doing. So I've been trying to, over the last couple of years, you know, I might acknowledge mentally in the back of my head that I could probably do this task that's in front of me way easier or faster or better and not have to explain it. Um, But I have been giving more tasks to other people to help them grow and to almost create training situations around those things so that there's a dynamic where, you know, I know it's going to come back and it's not going to be completely right and it's going to probably take twice as long or whatever, but it's going to come back and they'll know a little bit more about how to do that thing. And they'll get a little bit more experience, et cetera. And that does, to your point, I think that does create crunch, um, ultimately, but there's no way around that in some ways, because if you think about it, if I did everything myself, which there's not enough time in the day for me to do the projects that I'm working on all by myself anyway. Um, but if I, tried to take over all those tasks that we're referring to. Um, One, I probably wouldn't want to do them all because not all of them are like the most fun things ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I would probably burn myself out just alone on that. But um, if my team doesn't continue to grow, then they're always going to be at the level that they're at. Right. Right. So part of the, I want to call it like a mini sacrifice that you have to make as a team is you have to allow the team to sort of, stumble a little bit um Mm -hmm. so that they can pick themselves up and then you know get back on the bike or whatever analogy you want to put and like actually keep moving Mm -hmm. that is absolutely a part of the crunch like it it ultimately does lead to crunch and i think it's that's particularly unavoidable i think yeah and go ahead
0: and and i i feel so i agree 100 percent with you on that because i feel that whenever i lead any projects with someone working with me I typically try and make it clear, you know, this is the deadline, these are the responsibilities, this is what I'll work on, and this is what I'd like you to work on. If you have any questions, let me know, and then we'll mark something up together. And, you know, I'll guide them along the way, and then I'll let them go and do what they need to do. Yeah. Sometimes it comes back, and it's just 100% on point, and it's right. Sometimes it comes back, and it's not. But having that level of education, I think, is very important. And the other thing, too, is holding everyone accountable. So if I came to the table and something wasn't done, I would expect that someone would tell me, like, hey, it wasn't done the right way, or, you know, or they'd ask me a question, like, hey, why why wasn't this part of it done? Maybe it's something that I totally missed, right? Like, sometimes you get, as, like, a beginning architect, you'll get a red line set of drawings that has so much red lines on it, and you're like, oh, my God, how did I miss this one line, right? So... In those moments, I think it's a good thing because it teaches people that they're accountable for the things that they agreed to take on and the things that they wanted to do. It's like taking a pie and splitting it with everybody. And at the end of it, I also find that sitting at the meeting and just raising awareness about that and saying, hey, this wasn't done, who was working on this? And having the person who was working on it be vocal and say, I was the one working on it, I didn't get to it because of this, but I'll get it done in in the next hour. And then yep. they make those promises, and then in the next hour, they, they fulfill it, right? So just that level of self-awareness and accountability, I think, has helped me with, like, the teams I'm in. And it's also helped me when I'm working with a manager, a senior manager on, on a project, and they come to me and say, hey, you know, this could have been done differently. I, I think I, you know, why, why didn't you try doing it this way? Was there any reason for doing it the way that you did? And then we'd have a really open conversation about it. And I'd realize at the end of it, oh, yeah, you know, there's a totally different way of approaching this, or there's a a quicker way that it could have been done or a more efficient method. And you start to learn these different things. And you work through it together so that you gain more trust with your team, but you also start to divide that trust so that everyone is held accountable for the things that they say they will do. And I found by having that, everyone t- tends to meet their deadlines a lot better. I don't really see us not hitting deadlines at our office anymore. Or like, you know, I see a lot of people still doing things at the last minute, but it's happening less and less now that each person is starting to take ownership of a piece of that pie and say, this part of the project is mine. I am the person detailing this. I am the person coming up with the concept for this. I am the person coming up with the design of this. And as people start to do that, you see the pie come back together on the deadline, you know? So
1: I think that's, um, it's probably a good place to end it. I think ultimately, you know, I'm for whatever reason, whatever reasons brought me to here, I'm experiencing a little bit of crunch, but I think, um, you know, it's, it's not something that I would, it's not something I advocate for or really want people to go through. I think it just, Ultimately, in my mind, it, it does happen from time to time. It's just trying to, one, understand why you got there to try to avoid it in the future and also um, try to minimize how much crunch there actually is so that you're not wearing out yourself and your team you know, during the crunch. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you, everyone. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Unpacking Design. Check us out anytime at
0: unpackingdesign.com. And you can also find us on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Please remember to leave a review and share this podcast with someone you know.